Hello, New Orleans Saints fans. I am Todd Graffinini, digital media contributor to your New Orleans Saints. It is our initial podcast of the 2021 NFL season. It is the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I mentioned I'm Todd Graffinini, along with my partner in crime, John DeShazer of NewOrleansSaints.com. We're going to be out there every single day covering Saints practice. J.D., you know, after last year, after the nothingness that was locked down and training camp and COVID testing, it feels somewhat more normal this year to get back to where we were. I know it's not quite where it was a few weeks ago, but, you know, somewhat back to where we were in 2019. It's going to be great to see you out there. You know, I'm, I'm really excited, not just for the unknown of the team, but I'm excited to see some people, man. I mean, yep. <laughs> I mean, granted, we saw a few uh, at the end of the basketball season and a few at the end of the football season, but, you know, I'm just excited to see some people be able to get out and practice uh, because, you know, I know how much the Saints mean to this community, and I know how much uh, the fans mean to them, and I know how much the fans want to get out there because sometimes, you know, if you can't afford a ticket, Getting to a practice might be the next best thing where you might actually get a little bit more up and close encounter with a player than you would at a game. So I'm looking forward to the whole thing, man. I'm, I'm really getting kind of goosebumpy about it, to be honest. Yeah, and J.D., look, we're going to get really in-depth in our next podcast on Friday. We'll, we'll have had a practice, uh, even two practices under our belt where we can really get into it. But I, I think you could make an argument J.D., and you've been doing this for a very long time uh, in that building, that this has more storylines than any training camp that we have seen in quite some time just because, and we'll get into it all uh, eventually, but just there's so many unknowns that we have not had here in in many years. Yeah, I mean, since 2006. And I yep. mean, and it feels like, yeah, I would agree with you. It might be the most of any point in time, but definitely the most in the Sean Payton era because, you know, everything's just always been solid because you've always had that quarterback, Drew Brees. And so anything that happened around him peripherally, you knew you could always go back to having that solid quarterback, that anchor, uh, and everything was there. And now when you do, when you do have that bit of, you know, uncertainty there, uh, it makes everything else blow up. And then you get, you know, you factor in, you know, injuries or suspensions or guys who left as free agents. Uh, now, all of a sudden, there, there are storylines all over the place. Well, J.D., not only is the interest locally on what's going to happen, but it's also spread out to the national level as well because of all the unknowns. And our guest today on the podcast is going to tell us all about it. Yeah, one of the more knowledgeable guys in the NFL, Jim Trotter, uh, contributes to NFL Network, NFL.com, uh, a really, really good guy based out of San Diego, has covered the NFL for, for years and years. And so he's got a great working knowledge of the league uh, from both standpoints, from the league aspect and from covering a team aspect. So really great to have him on our first podcast. Uh, he's going to really give you a lot of great information. And here we go uh, with Jim Trotter. Well, it is our pleasure to be joined on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek NFL media reporter Jim Trotter, who will be covering the Saints at length this weekend at training camp in New Orleans. Jim, 
Thank you so much for joining us on our first real podcast of the new season. Oh, thank you for having me. That's, um, that's a tough standard to set here. So I hope I'm up for the challenge. Uh, wait, 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 wait. No, you first, will be. First, if, if we're talking about podcasts, we've got to talk about Hull and Flow because, you know, I don't look at a lot of podcasts because there are about a billion of them out there and half of them mean nothing. But <laughs> when I do look, uh, I'm very interested in Hull and Flow because you guys always get great guests. Uh, you always give great questions, yourself and uh, Steve Weish, another friend of the program. So, Jim, give us first the genesis of, of your podcast and what you guys are looking to accomplish with that because it feels like you accomplished, it feels like you guys hit the mark a lot more than you don't. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, the genesis of it was when I joined NFL Network in 2018, Steve and I went to um, the management and asked about doing a podcast and we wanted it to be focused around, you know, um, black culture, um, issues that relate to communities that we come from, those sorts of things. And they never said no, but they never said yes. And so it just kind of died on a vine. And two years later, after the murder of George Floyd, all of a sudden management came back to us and said, hey, you remember that podcast? You guys still have interest in doing it. And we understood what that meant. And um, so we discussed it and we decided that, that the benefits of doing it outweighed um, what was behind the motivation of them coming to us and asking us to do it. And so we, stopped, we tried to stay true to ourselves and true what our interests were and to shine a spotlight on individuals and subjects that other people really weren't focusing on. And, um, you know, I like to believe that we did that. You know, going forward, um, I feel kind of bad saying it, but there's not going to be a podcast going forward. Um, and it's not really worth getting into here. But... Um, at this point, I would say it's it's uh, it's run its course. Well, really good content came out of it, and I'm really sorry to hear it's not uh, going to be returning because I enjoyed it, enjoyed it a whole lot. In fact, you guys had Sean Payton on there, yeah. and um, you know they got some stuff out of him that uh, not a lot of people around here get out of him. So, so it was always interesting uh, to listen to the podcast. But uh, speaking of Sean Payton and the Saints, uh, you guys, you specifically, will be in town this weekend. First, I got to warn you. It's warm here, brother. It's warm. You know, so, I, I was going to ask you that because I was trying to figure <laughs> out exactly, should I wear jeans or should I make sure I have shorts when I get no, out there? No, You jeans. better not wear anything. No. You know, don't wear jeans. If, okay. if In the name of the Lord, do not wear jeans <laughs> because it's, it's hot here. I can tell you that. It's warm here. Uh, but, you know, just tell us, um, you know, you're going to be here at training camp uh, on Saturday. So, you know, just tell us why you will be here and, and what the NFL uh, is, is planning to do this weekend. Well, you know, the NFL has this initiative this year that for the first time, all 32 teams are going to have a practice, training camp practice on the same day. And so the NFL is going to have coverage at every one of those practices. And prior to training camps opening, they sent out um, a questionnaire to, to reporters and said, hey, can you give me like three to five training camps you really want to visit this year? And the Saints um, were on my list. And so after I got back from vacation, I was told, hey, you're going to go to New Orleans for this. And I was like, great. So I'm actually going to fly out Thursday, be there Friday and Saturday. And um, and I look forward to it. I, first of all, I love New Orleans. But second of all, it's just there are so many intriguing storylines with the Saints this year, um, particularly after the retirement of Drew Brees. And, and, you know, I know everyone is focusing on the quarterback battle. 
Um, but also, I think defensively, there are a lot of questions from a personnel standpoint. When you look at the wide receiver position, there are questions there. Secondary, there are questions there. And then they're, they're, with injuries already, as you see with Michael Thomas, um, is Lattimore going to be around for the start of the season? There are so many unanswered questions that, um, to me, it's just a very intriguing team with a lot of interesting storylines. And the other thing here, look, to be frank with you, I think Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis have done a tremendous job in their time there. And I'm interested in talking to them a little bit about, you know, um, the team building philosophy, the culture behind building a successful organization. I love to talk to personnel people and coaches about that um, because everyone has their own little nuanced way of doing it and whatnot. And um, people who are successful, I just like to pick their brain and see what's behind it, what makes them tick, that sort of thing. Jim, how do you think they handled the offseason? I mean, there was a lot of, uh, I guess, I don't want to say manufactured, but a lot of people thought that the Saints, you know, were, were pretty much behind the eight ball um, in terms of salary cap and in terms of personnel decisions that had to be made. Uh, not necessarily, you know, everything you want to do, you know, they, you know, didn't probably didn't want to want to allow Jack Rabbit Jenkins to get out. And yet you didn't have a choice, might not have wanted to, uh, allow Trey Hendrickson to get out of the door and not a lot of choice in that. So, you know, how do you feel they handled the offseason? I think they were in a situation like other teams get into where you see a window and you do everything you can during that window to try and win a championship. And in some ways you do mortgage your future or at least elements of it in trying to win that championship during that window. And look, they, they knew they had a few years left with Drew Brees. They were going to do everything they could to try and win a title during that time. And so some of the decisions that they made, if it's not Drew Brees who's winding down at that point, maybe they don't make those same decisions. We don't know. I haven't asked them about that. Um, it's something that I am interested in talking to them about. But from that standpoint, um, there was always going to be a, par a point where you know the credit card came due, the bill came due. And for them, part of that was this year. And you know, but I'll say this to you. The thing that's so funny to me is, like, I hear these people and they're wringing their hands and they think that, that this is the demise of the Saints coming and everything else, that Drew Brees isn't there anymore and this, that, and the other. And then I just stop and ask them, for instance, tell me the Saints record the last two years when Drew Brees didn't play. So explain to me again why they're just going to fall off a cliff now that Drew isn't there. And that's no disrespect to Drew. I mean, I've known yeah. Drew since he came into the league. I covered him as a rookie in San Diego. Um, but I think Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis and that staff know what they're doing. I think they're going to be right in the hunt again, uh, competing for a division title. I would say Tampa Bay is the favorite, obviously, at this point. But I think Sean probably likes that, that the focus is now on Tampa Bay and not on New Orleans. And, and it gives them a chance to they're not going to sneak up on people, but all of the eyes aren't on them at this point. Uh, Jim, I think you make a great point because I think Sean Payton is at his best when the Saints are being overlooked. And uh, I think a lot of people forget, even though Tampa did win the Super Bowl last year, the Saints have won the, divisions four, won the division four straight years. Tampa didn't win the NFC South a year ago. They just happened to get hot at the end. But, you know, going back to what you were talking about earlier, as far as wanting to come to New Orleans. I think that's what's so fascinating about it on the national level because of all the storylines that you mentioned. Locally, it's the same way. 
nobody really has any idea what to expect. And I think that's why it's going to be so fascinating in the next few weeks. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, that's fun. Um, you know, when you have a talented team, but there are some unknowns and how they handle it. Um, I personally believe in Sean Payton and that staff. They've shown themselves to be um, very capable, very successful. And, and they're competitors. You know, if you know those guys personally on that coaching staff, they're competitors, just like athletes are competitors. And they do not take kindly to the idea of not having success. So I think it's going to be fun down in New Orleans. Now, I will say this, with, you know, the absence of players who are, you know, early in the season, either through injury or suspension, um, it's tough early for them. And I, I think um, they want to get to the bye with, you know, hopefully being 500 or better. Um, but that early stretch, it's, it's, I don't think it's as easy. Or it's not easy. But I think it's going to be very difficult um, early on for them because they won't have their full complement of players. But just as I said in last year's training camp with the Tampa Bay Bucks that I felt they would be better by the end of the year than they were the first half of the year, I think the same thing is true of the Saints. You know, that's something I wanted to ask you. How do you see them navigating without Michael Thomas? Because that was, you know, a Richter scale level hit, so, no so to speak, uh, to, to lose a guy who was NFL Offensive Player of the Year a couple of years ago and to not have him at all for a stretch. How do you see them navigating around that? It's going to be tough. You know, and, and in my mind, I asked the question of what does that mean for Alvin Kamara? Does that mean um, that he will have to shoulder a bigger part of the load and he's carried a big part of the load already in previous seasons? Um, by the way, I just love his game. I, I, I truly believe he doesn't get the respect that he deserves. And I know that's the cliche in, in sports where we say people don't get respect. But to me, this is truly one of the fine backs in the NFL. Um, and the balance that he brings in terms of run pat or run receiver. Um, it's just, he, he's just a joy to watch when I watch uh, him play. So, um, so I don't know at this point, my, losing Michael Thomas, no question is a huge hit for them. I do think they'll look to bring in another wide receiver at some point as you have roster cuts and those sorts of things. And they'll see how things go in, in camp. And even in the preseason, if they don't feel good about it, maybe they make a move there to try and bring in another veteran receiver but that's a huge loss for them no question particularly when you're talking about starting um a new quarterback you know in the post Drew Brees era you know that new quarterback either Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill that's obviously as you mentioned going to be uh the the shining competition in, in training camp what are you foreseeing there because we've seen a little sample size of Taysom Hill at quarterback last year, the, the four games, he was three and one as a starter and, and a much bigger sample size of, of, of Jameis Winston because he started, you know, several years at Tampa Bay as the number one overall pick. So how do you, how do you kind of foresee that playing out? Like I'm already on record saying, I think Jameis is going to be the starter. And I say it from this standpoint, I think when Jameis, if Jameis is the starter, it allows the offense to be more dynamic. What do I mean by that? I mean, then Sean Payton still has this weapon in Taysom Hill, that this wild card that he can slip in at any point. If you go and you start Taysom Hill, if Jameis comes in, everybody knows what Jameis is going to do. He's not going to scare you as a runner. Um, you know, he, he's not a receiver. So from that standpoint, you're more predictable. 
And I believe that Sean Payton, you know, in my opinion, the Saints offense will be much more dynamic if Jameis is, is, is the starting quarterback and you can use Taysom in all those different roles that he's been used in before. So um, truthfully, that's how I see it playing out. I don't, I have not talked to Sean or anyone else in the organization about it. It's just my opinion from afar in terms of looking at how Sean and Pete Carmichael used Taysom in the past couple of years. Um, I think that's a very effective uh, wild card, and I think they'll continue with that. What else do you plan on looking at on Saturday? you got a lot to do in a very short amount of time <laughs> in one day. We've talked about the quarterback battle. All eyes are going to be on that. Anything else you're going to be curious to watch when you're um, out there on Saturday? Look, one of the things that really intrigues me about the Saints this year is defensively, we know there are question marks. But I'm really concerned. I shouldn't say concerned. I have questions about the defensive line now. One of the things that was so critical to the Saints' success defensively was their depth, where they could rotate guys in and keep them fresh, particularly later in games and whatnot. When you lose players that they have lost up front, um, whether it's Hendrickson, Brown, um, I know there's one other one that's slipping my mind right now. On your mother. Yeah. On your mother. I mean, those are, those are key hits. So – from my standpoint, and also rankings. That's who I was leaving yeah. out as well. Yeah. So, you know, that's a that's a, a lot of snaps that aren't there now. But I always say this. I said this to a friend yesterday who brought up something about a veteran leaving one team or another. And I said to him, kind of pump the brakes, because we always do this. When a name player leaves, we start to panic a little bit because we don't know what the guy behind them many times can do. Might be a young player who hasn't played yet. And my point was, everybody gets their start somewhere. And so the Saints obviously believed that they had some depth along that line and were willing to let some of these players out the door. But I still believe that, to me, that's the central part of this defense is can you get those guys up front to play well and be productive, um, particularly when you have so many questions on the back end right now. Yeah, Jim, this is a podcast. So, so folks, you can't see what we see. And I'm looking at... I'm, I'm actually looking behind Jim because I've been looking at it the whole time and I see a framed Jerry Rice jersey on, on that wall. And if it's, if it's signed, Jim, I'm telling you, I'm going to find your house and break it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's an impressive array behind you. So give us, give us the story behind. I see Larry Fitzgerald and I see, uh, is, is that Doug Williams? Is that Doug, Doug Williams? That is Doug Williams. The, uh, Burgundy, <laughs> yeah. if you will. <laughs> no, the Super Bowl, you know, he signed it, the Super Bowl MVP. So, yeah, you got um, Jerry, Doug, Larry on this wall, and then the wall in front of me, you've got LaDainian Tomlinson and Junior Seau, who are two players that I cover. Oh. Um, so, you know, I always said that that I'm not, a, I'm not a big Jersey guy and all of that, but as a beat writer, if I was covering a guy, um, for the majority of his career, and he turned out to be a Hall of Fame player, it was sort of my way of paying respect by having their jersey framed and hopefully signed. And um, Junior was definitely one of those guys for me. Um, I know he went into the Hall after he passed, but the jersey that I have from him is actually a Miami Dolphins jersey. It was the year after he got traded from the Chargers, and they played the Charger, um, the Dolphins played the Chargers out in Arizona because of wildfires here in San Diego. I live in San yeah. Diego. And Junior actually um, left me a game-worn jersey that he took off at halftime that he signed. 
So I have that framed. And then I have a throwback jersey from LT um, that he also signed here that's on my wall. So next I got to get a Drew Brees one because I did cover Drew his early years in the league when he came into the league, you know, with the Chargers and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, no, that's, so that's kind of my wall. I don't have any more room on my wall. So it's like, <laughs> you know, cause the one Jersey that is missing to be truthful with you, the one guy who was also so instrumental in my early career covering the NFL, who should be in the hall of fame, in my opinion, that's Rodney Harrison. So oh. I've got to pull one of his jerseys to get as well. Okay. All right. See, that's, that's what the pandemic did. All of these things were like framed and everything else, but they were like packed away. And then when the pandemic hit, we're all working from home and we need backdrops, you know, for our, <laughs> I, I told my wife, I said, you know what, I got to get this office together. And so all of a sudden, all those things I had put off for years, I now had to get done. And I did, got the jersey sign, went out and got a, a um, an electric desk, you know, excuse me, the rises or lowers, um, got the books in order and the, and the case, all that kind of stuff. So um, the pandemic has affected a lot of things in terms of, that forced me to do some things that I probably would not have done. Well, yeah, that means I got my stuff. I got my stuff on the wrong side of the room because I, yep. you know, there's really nothing behind me here. That's all my good stuff is on the other side. All so I have yeah. is my my pole boy festival. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a bad one. That's a, right now there. I got a question for you guys before we go though. I, I'm, you know, you come to New Orleans, you gotta have gumbo. So where do I go? I'm gonna lean on grass. I mean, you, I, I, you know, you got to kind of venture a little outside where you would normally be. I, I, think, okay. I, I think for gumbo, there's a place called R&O's. It's in Bucktown. That, that is outstanding. R&O. R&O. They have really, really good gumbo. Um, I, I think, though, Jim, if you've never had a charbroiled oyster, you need to go to Drago's. That's what you really need to do. Right, I've never had an oyster, period. And well, you, you have not you have not been the only person that said that. And after they've had a charbroiled oyster, they have been hooked for life. So you can join the club right really? there. If I had a if I had it. a dime for how many times somebody said I don't eat oysters, and after they had one of those, then they double up on them that they like oysters. That's, that's me. We were, I was actually at the senior bowl one time with uh, having dinner with Marty Schottenheimer and Marty ordered oysters. And he's like, Jim, you have to have one. And I'm like, I don't do oysters. And he's like, look, I'm telling you, he goes, if you trust me on nothing else, try this, you will love it. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I didn't do it. Well, these are, to, yeah. yeah, these are off the grill. So it's not like the raw, it, it's, it's worth it. You know, what, you know what my mission is now on Saturday when I see you, Jim? I got to get you to Drago's on Saturday night after practice. That's All my right. that's my mission. All that's right. Okay. Well, look, your thoughts, your insights, much appreciated. Safe travels from San Diego. Can't wait to see you out there on Saturday as we uh, we start this new year. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today, man. No, fellas, I appreciate you having me. Look forward to seeing you Saturday. Again, thanks so much to Jim Trotter for joining us on our initial New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek of the 2021 season. Our next podcast will be Friday. It'll be myself, John DeShazer. We will have two practices under our belt. It'll be wall-to-wall observations for myself and JD. You will not want to miss it. For John DeShazer, I am Todd Graffinini. We'll see you on Friday for our next edition 
at the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.